Thomas? Michael. My man, my main man. You know that, don't you? Oh, no. Yes, oh, no. I'm my... not your pal. I'm not your amigo. Yes, I'm not you your compadre. I'm your friend. Now, listen, my friend. Listen, listen, thank God that your daughter didn't have to marry a guy like this. And you know what? It's from my hometown of Philadelphia. Stay classy, Philly. Listen to this. A couple gets married. They go to the reception a couple hours after the wedding. The groom follows an underage waitress into a bathroom and gropes her. Starts making out with her and pulling on her and stuff. Cops are called. Turns into a full-fledged brawl. He's arrested. What do you think, pal? Huh? The marriage going to last? Disaster. <laughs> no, I don't think that's a good start. I'm assuming lots of alcohol was involved, right? I guess. But I mean, he was married all afternoon in his defense. You can't expect a guy to stay faithful forever, can you? <laughs> right? At least through the reception, you dope. Come on. In Philly, I thought this was a tradition, like throwing the bouquet or clinking glasses Cheating on your wife for the first couple hours, wasn't it? It's the city of brotherly <laughs> disgust. <laughs> Isn't that the slogan? No, here's the question. Does the bride get to keep the gifts in a situation like this? Oh, absolutely. Really? Oh, yes. You think there'll be an annulment? <laughs> well, is, the, is the Pope Catholic? I'm sure all he needs is a good woman to change him. Don't you think maybe that's mm. it? So this guy could actually be put away. Yeah. At the wedding reception, he becomes a sex offender. I mean, what is this guy thinking? <laughs> or, or what part of his body was he thinking with? I bet the wedding album is going to be fun to go through, isn't it? I wouldn't want to have to pick those pictures out. Imagine what his bachelor party must have been if this is what he does on his wedding day. Maybe he sort of confused the bachelor party for the <laughs> wedding reception. Oh, you know what? I hate to say this, but I read a lot of these kind of stories in this Philadelphia area. Is there something in the water there? It must be. That's your hometown, bud. Come on. It doesn't make me feel good. I mean, I already told you what happens at Eagles games in the bathrooms and stuff, but they've got that terrible reputation for throwing batteries at players and stuff when they don't like them. And, you know, gladly most of those days are gone, but uh, I don't know. You're hometown proud, aren't you? Yeah, I'm hometown proud. (laughs) (laughs) Tom and Mike. Do you ever fly Delta? Of course. Their headquarters in Atlanta. I always heard it was a very good company, but you're going to tell us something to the contrary. Well, I, I mean, this is a little thing, but I want to tell you. They're always there to rain on the parade. Well, they've had to apologize now, and I want you to weigh in on this and tell me if you think that they needed to. Delta teamed up with Coke, and they passed out these napkins, you know, when they have drinks or your dinner or everything. But these napkins had little slogans on it. It was trying to encourage people to write down phone numbers of your plane crush. If you had someone that you looked, they thought that, you know, there's 200 people, 180 people on the plane. There's interesting people. Hey, you might see somebody spotted over there that you might want to talk to. So this is what is said on the napkin. Because you're on a plane full of interesting people. And hey, you never know. And then the place to put a phone number and hand it to them if they wanted it. What do you think? <laughs> it's a terrible idea. I know. That's like a sanctioned stalking. <laughs> right, exactly. Are we talking about a plane crush or a plane crash? Right. I mean, there's a disaster waiting to happen right there. Well, how about if you're a, a nice looking woman and some sweaty 300 pound guy overweight (laughs) hands you that thing and you only got six more hours on the plane good good times right not good jeez who came up with that idea it might work in a bar but it's creepy when it happens a captive in a small metal tube up thirty thousand feet right i think delta needs some new marketing minds there what do you think jeez 
They, yeah, they could have a, a slogan on the side of their plane, looking for a good time, fly Delta. <laughs> Isn't that a strange thing to come up with? That is bizarre. I mean, what would you be doing? You're sitting there, you're on your laptop or whatever, reading a paper, and all of a sudden someone hands you a, a napkin and it says, you know, your number and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> Signed Ted Bundy. <laughs> I always write my information on a barf bag. You know that? A it's barf bag. Con- it's yeah, a- that's, that's so romantic. Yeah, it's always conveniently behind your seat. <laughs> also sets proper expectations, right? Oh, so Those aren't flotation devices. That's Wait, right. what? <laughs> Jeez. All right, Delta. I don't know what you were thinking. Tom and Mike. Now, Thomas, did you ever play bingo? I did not grow up Catholic. <laughs> the reason I bring that up is because two women, ages 79 and 86, caused a bingo brawl the other night in Ontario, Canada. It sounds like the name of a band, Bingo Brawl. A senior citizen band. <laughs> you know, not only is this shocking that two women, 79 and 86, would get into a fight over bingo, but that it happened in a place like Canada where they're so polite and nice people, right? Supposedly. Right. Until they're pushed to the brink. And the brink in this case would be bingo cheaters. Right. Think about that. The only time you'll ever hear a nun utter a four-letter word is when the nun next to her yells, bingo. (laughs) That's the only time. You know what was overheard during the brawl? If she lands an elbow, it's all over. They got some sharp elbows when you get to be in your 80s. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Bony. They're very bony. (laughs) But bingo is fun. You know, they they bill it as for anyone over 80, it's the most fun you'll have with your clothes on. Did you know that? Oh, I don't even want to think about that. And they have a saying, sexy, free, and single, I'm ready to bingo. Did you know that? It doesn't rhyme. I know. Who cares? (laughs) You know, when bingo players at that age, they say, I got lucky twice last night and once at bingo. How about that? Oh. I've never played bingo. I don't know. I don't think I've ever played either. Really? Really. It seems kind of boring, doesn't it? Maybe we're going to feel different in about, you know, 40 years or something, right? Isn't that what old people do to pass the time? I don't know. When I get to be that age, there's going to be a lot of things I want to do, and one of them isn't going to be playing bingo. If I ever catch myself playing bingo with a bunch of old people, I might as well end it right there. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I have nothing against people, you know, trying to have fun, but, I mean, seriously, I'd rather drive the car over the cliff rather than do something like that. I mean that. So instead of Thelma and Louise, it'd it's, be Michael and Claire. Yeah. Right over the top, baby. Tom and Mike. Thomas, do you know who Marie Kondo is? Yes. How do I know that name? She's a sensation on Netflix. Okay. And she's causing thrift shops and goodwill people all over the country being overwhelmed because of what she does on her show. I haven't seen it, but I've been reading about it. She goes on television with her series and she tells people how they can clean up their clutter and get rid of stuff. You just said Netflix. Do you mean YouTube? No, Netflix. It's called Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. And it struck a nerve with viewers to the point where they're inundated with donations, clothes, books, and home furnishings to thrift shops and goodwill people all over the country. So people are decluttering because of Miss Kondo. Right. And her saying is, if it doesn't spark joy, throw it away. You know, my toaster doesn't spark joy, so I threw it away. Now I can't make toast. How about that? You know, I got a better way of making toast. I actually have a toast recipe that does not involve a toaster. We went out and bought a $400 toaster about 10 years ago at Williams-Sonoma. Why would you spend that much money on a toaster? It's a cool-looking toaster. I don't care. (laughs) It looks great. And the irony is, Karen said... 
hey, I don't want anything on the counter, so I can't even display my beautiful silver toaster that looks like something, you know, out of a diner in the 50s. It's a beautiful toaster. I know, but, but does the toast come any different than a $100 toaster? No, not at all. But, you know, I'm just crazy sometimes. But you I are. don't even use it. Because I have a better toast recipe. Should I give it to you so that we can declutter and get rid of the toaster as well? No, we don't need that much toast now that we're off carbs during the week. Oh, I see. Right? Okay. But here's what you do. You just melt some butter in the microwave. You believe in the microwave, don't you? Yeah, I do. Okay. You take one of those basting brushes and you baste both sides of the bread and you put it in the oven on a baking dish at 425, you get the most delicious toast. Already buttered, it's fantastic. I think that's the way restaurants do it, right? if I'm not mistaken. So that's one way to declutter. So a helpful hint from not Miss Condo, but Mr. Tom. Now, I've been to your home. There's no clutter in that house. So I'm guessing you don't need Marie Condo. You know, we just took 16 bags of junk. To Goodwill? To Goodwill. Wow. And, and here's another challenge, Okay. Goodwill only wants to give you one receipt. You know, we need all the tax deductions right. we can get. So I had to spend some time arguing with the folks at Goodwill. I want a receipt for each bag. Wow, look at you. Yeah, and they finally wrote out 16 receipts. Just a heads up, people. <laughs> but it must be tough for people. Like, for example, when you live in a place with no basement or attic, if something comes in, then something has to go out, right? That's right. Because you have nowhere to put it. Or you could just move every few years and you'll learn really quick what's worth keeping and what doesn't need to keep. Because uh, no one likes... I like to keep stuff. I have uh, things stuck in closets and basements. You're a hoarder. I am. I can't throw anything out. Oh, Plus, boy. <laughs> you know, George Carlin said it best. He said, your stuff is crap. My crap is stuff. <laughs> he was a great man. Yes, he was. You know what? I told you this. I wrote him a letter once. I saw him on The Tonight Show with my, at that time, girlfriend, Claire, who wasn't my wife yet. We watched him, made us laugh so much that I wrote him a letter saying how great he was. And he wrote back in the margins of my letter. He didn't put a new, and he just commented on my letter to him. And he was more a little bit upset that I thought he just was back again because I said something that, man, I haven't seen you this funny in a long time. And he took offense to that. I have it framed and everything. He was a pretty good guy. That's really cool. I liked him a lot. Yeah. Here's a life lesson for you. When it comes to someone who is a performer. Right. Who's an artiste. Right. It could be a musician. Right. It could be a comedian. could be an actor. And I've met all these people. I've met famous people. If you say anything, the least bit critical, right? oh, they'll jump all over you. They have enormous egos. He just totally neglected all the wonderful things you said to him, and he picked out the one thing. It's like, okay, you just gave him a beautiful field of flowers, and he found the dead one. <laughs> he was going to beat you over the head with it. Right. I said something about, you know, stuff for the last couple of years, I think lacked a little bit of edge, and now I do, and he, he wrote back, Hey, get these albums or CDs I put out. See if they've lacked the edge. Oh, well, he, I, you didn't tell me about that. No, well, that, that is really kind of going a little over the top. But well, you got a response. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, he was nice. He just said that one little part in there. But I remember one time I had a really good friend who was in the news business, and she was a really beautiful, light-skinned black woman. And she took me to see B.B. King. She was doing a story on him, and I, w I went with her at the what casino in Atlantic City. And we went back to his dressing room after it was over. And I love B.B. King. I really do. And 
you know, after she ta- interviewed him, she said, my friend Michael would like to ask you a question. And I didn't have a question, but I, I said, Bebe, of all the young white artists coming up, the young guys that are playing the blues, who do you like? It was just a very, you know, I thought innocent question. And he said, son, I don't look at color. <laughs> I don't look at black or white. That's not what I was going for, you know? <laughs> See, you, you just you just have a way of yeah, pissing off the world, don't you? Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> my wife will still never forget the time I told her a story. I was at this party once, and I saw this girl, and she had a beautiful face. And she's a nice-looking girl, but she was about 30, 40 pounds overweight. <laughs> and I don't said, tell me. I said, look, you're probably going to hate me. You're going to tell me to go screw myself, blah, blah, blah. And then I just said in the nicest way, I said, you would be such a beautiful young girl if you just, you know, lost the, you know. Oh, I said, man. I know, I know. Was that a bozo move? Well, you know, at least if she went home that night and said, you know, maybe uh, he's right. I don't know. What did she say to you? Nothing. She was really pleasant. I was, I said it in a nice way. I really did. And maybe I had a couple too many beers, but oh, uh, I just think it's sad when I see a really pretty girl like that, that, you know, could lose 40 pounds. That's it's all. what's inside. You know, I'm going to be BB King for a second here. <laughs> we don't look at what's on the outside. We right. look at what's on the I know. inside. I'm not that okay. nice. I know. I know. Anyway. Tom and Mike. You ever ski? Ski? Yeah. Never. Oh, I haven't done too many times, but there's a ski wear company that's looking for two people to wear their ski clothes, but only if they're mediocre skiers. And not only do you get to ski for free, you get to go to Switzerland to do it, and you get put up at a nice chalet, but you wear their skin. And here's their reasoning. They don't want expert skiers. They want people to fall down in the snow and wear their ski wear. To see if it's actually going to help protect you, right? Yeah. Okay. Human guinea pigs. Right. I've only done it a few times, but you ever see cross-country skiing? Does that look boring? That looks painful. And it's only great if you live in a really tiny country, cross-country skiing. Because if you live in a big country, that's a long way to... (laughs) Right? I never thought of it that way. Wow. Ski boots are really comfortable. Said no one ever. Like You ever see those things? No one ever. Yeah. And let's do the whitest thing imaginable. Go skiing. And again, I've never even tried it. You know, I am part African-American. No, I didn't know that. Uh, Yes, I told you that. I had the DNA thing done. I'm like 10%. Get out of here. I'm serious. I never told you that. No. Yes, absolutely. It explained a lot. Then how come you can't dance? Oh, shut up. Now, look, Sonny Bono taught us a valuable lesson about skiing. Yes, he did. Don't use Valium, right? And trees can be painful. (laughs) Yeah, I think he was on something that day. That's amazing. He's been gone a long time. Yes. Right? Sonny Bono. Wasn't Cher married to him? Oh, come on. <laughs> you interviewed them. It was on before your... my time. No, I you, no you probably had them on one of your radio shows. Oh, gosh. What's your favorite Sonny and Bono song? Sonny and Bozo? Sonny and Bono song. My favorite Sonny Bono song. Yeah. I Got You, Babe. Really? Yeah. Sonny and Cher, that song. And, you know, they thought they had each other, <laughs> but it didn't work out that way. I like Sonny and Greg Allman. That was a better combo. No, you're thinking about Cher. Which <laughs> Cher married that guy. <laughs> right. Cher and Sonny, or Cher and Greg okay, Allman. Okay, never mind. All right. Tom and Mike. Now, you know, I call you the Renaissance man because you have so many diverse interests, and we know you love movies. We know that you love TV when you have some free time. You're such a busy guy. So why don't you help the people tell us 
What is Thomas watching right now that they might like that you find fascinating? It could be documentaries, it could be shows, it could be newscasts. What is Thomas watching? I watch a lot of cable news. Right. Okay, kind of on a regular basis. You try all of them or you go to a couple? There's a couple I like. I'm also a movie buff, okay? So I don't really watch a lot of TV. I can't tell you the last time I watched a network TV show. I'm talking about the main you right. know, NBC, ABC, Fox. But you do watch cable series like HBO and you know that kind of stuff. I do, right? I do. But movies, that's my real passion. I don't always see them when they first go to the theaters, but a lot of times I do. But a movie that's been out there for a long time that I watched recently that I love, and if you haven't seen it, you got to check it out. It's called Green Book. Right. And a lot of movies based on true stories, I really like those, right? That guy's the hot new actor now. Yeah, Vigo Mortensen. No, but the other guy, too. Ma- Ali. Ma- yes. Uh, I can't pronounce his first He was name. also in that HBO series, True Detective. Right. That's a great, great movie. I find that with series, there's just so much content out there, and there's only so much time. I get bored easily. So if I'm watching something, like you were trying to tell me about this Berlin station. First, you said, forget about season one. Start with season two. So I get halfway through season two, and you say, hey, what do you think of this Berlin station? And I'm like, okay. And you said, you're on season three, right? I said, no, you told me season two. And you went, no, I told you season three. Uh, and so then by the time I got to season three and I started watching season three, I was already pretty much done. There you go. You're a tough man. Yeah. I try, so I, I, you know, I don't have a lot of time. You, you miss the days where the shows were easy. Like you told me that Dallas is one of your favorite shows. Yeah, I love that show. And I even like the Dallas reboot. Yeah, definitely. And that's when I our friendship took a little hit. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's when you started using that term renaissance, man, because you realize that you go from really interesting things to, you know, a guilty pleasure well, like yeah, Dallas. There's a stupid side of me that, you know, movies like The Water Boy, I love. Or I could watch Dumb and Dumber over and over again, laugh every time. Or A Christmas Story, you know, talk about classic films, okay? I know the dialogue for most of that movie, which is crazy, right? Wow, you're a savant, an idiot savant. That's right. (laughs) Emphasis on the idiot part. Right. So why would you even be interested other than secretly you want me to ask what you're watching? No, no. This is about you. There's shows I like, but right now... I just thought maybe you could turn some people on to some series on HBO or Showtime or one of those, or, you know, I know you like- I can tell you what I'm looking forward to. I love that series, Barry. Barry. B-A-R-R-Y. Oh, oh, with uh, the comedian from Saturday Night Live. Right, right. Bill Hader. Yeah, no, I watched that a couple times. Henry Winkler is amazing. Yeah, he got an award, I think. He's got a few awards in that series. Have you seen the Jim Carrey series? No. What's it called? I forget, but he plays like a, a Mr. Rogers kind of character, but a little dark side. Oh, yeah. I started watching that for a minute. That was pretty it, stupid. You know what else I started watching for a minute that was interesting at first? And then it just, people run out of ideas. And then you go, why did I invest all my time in this? Right. And it was The Good Place. Oh, okay. You know that series. That, yeah. That won a lot of awards. Ted yep. Danson. Yep. There's just so much. Tell I mean, there's so you, much. If you have Netflix, and, and you just start, you and Claire just started watching something you were asking me about, and I told you the Bloodline, Bloodline, the Bloodline, and yeah. I told you, oh, dude, it's fantastic. 
For but the then first year. you get into the last season, there's a writer's strike, and it just goes to hell. And that's the other thing. You invest so much time, right? and then you get to the very end, and it's a disaster. Do you ever, when like you're watching a show or a movie, do you ever like lose yourself and say, oh, there's cameramen right there on the other side of them. They're doing this. Or do you just get caught up in the story? Do you ever find yourself saying Well, if I'm drifting away from the story, that means the story's not that compelling, right? Right. Yeah. I must be pretty simple because, man, I get sucked into anything really quick and I'm, I'm just mesmerized. I mean, I love it. I'll tell I you what the girls love, the handmade tale. Oh, yeah. It's, that's not for me. Yeah, I walked in a couple of times. My girls were watching it. Right. And I'm like, nah, that ain't happening. That's a girl thing. It's not a guy thing, right? Okay. Well, I just thought it might be helpful for people. So that's the rundown, my friend. That's why I prefer radio or a good podcast. You know, there's a great podcast out there. Oh, where can I find it? It's what's this world coming to dot com. Tom and Mike.